But I want us to go into a time of the word today. And before I kind of go into this, I wanted to share with you that over the past few weeks, during this whole pandemic, the coronavirus and stuff, I've been doing multiple prayer walks, which I usually do in the early mornings. But this time, one of the things I decided to do was I wanted to say, God, what could we do as the body of Christ during this current pandemic? And one of the things I realized that we needed to do was that we needed to be a people that were able to understand the current times. We needed to be a people that was able to understand what we are also going through. We needed to be a people that knew how as believers can we actually address, how can we navigate around some of the challenging things that's happening within our homes, our families and our environments. And one of the few things that came to mind was this particular sermon, a sermon that I've entitled Church in the Wild. Church in the Wild. And in understanding that, I realized that the Holy Spirit gave me this particular title while I was on my prayer walk and in the early mornings of a Sunday morning about three to four weeks ago. And WILD here is also used as an acronym. And in the acronym of WILD, I was like, there were so many things that came to mind that I thought I wanted to share with the body of Christ today and those that are tuning in from all over the world. And in saying that, a few things that I knew that we needed to address, a few things that really came to my mind and my heart is that what does the wild look like? And the wild looks like, for those that can see the screens from your phone, looks like sometimes a church in a desolate place where there is nothing else that is going on in and around us, where people at the moment have lost hope, where people sometimes have lost jobs, where people have been furloughed, where people sometimes don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, where some people are unwell, where some people are well, but some people are skeptical, where some people are anxious. And people are worried. And I came to realize that, you know, this is a time in a season where we are the church in the world and where we also are the church that can be a light in the world and in the wilderness of this current pandemic. A church in the world. And one of the things I realized in the church in the world, it became to show me that wild, the W for wild could also stand for where are you writing the vision down? In a time when everything is going left and right, in a time where things just seem to be going hell to skelter, are you writing the vision now? Do you remember what you was planning to do for your 2020? Many of you guys were saying, you know what, my 2020 is my year, it's going to be my year. But we see in the book of Habakkuk, it tells us in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2 to 4, the Lord answered and said to me, write the vision down, make it plain on a tablet, that he may run with who, who reads it. But you know, sometimes we need to go back and reflect on what we are reading. We need to go back and see the notes that we've written down, the goals and the things that we wanted to change. And it tells us in verse three, the vision is yet for an appointed time. You see, God has given each and every, every single one of us a vision. And within that vision, we need to plan the mission. And when you plan the mission, that's when you can get fruition. That's when you can get the outcome. That's when you can get the blessings and the breakthroughs. But have you written the vision down? And it says, but all in the end, it will speak and it will not lie. When God gives you a vision, even if your times and seasons and circumstances don't seem like it's going to come to fruition, are you aware that God knows whatever he's given you and whatever task he's told you to do, it is going to come to pass. So you must continue to persevere. You must continue to persevere. And it says, wait for it because it will surely come and it will not tarry. And I think it is so vital that we know that these visions will come to pass. Are you writing the vision down? Are you writing the vision down? Do not be proud. Do not be ignorant. And do not feel like, oh, you know what? I've tried my best, but nothing's going to come to pass. But remember, continue to pray, continue to persevere. And another thing I wanted us to also look at within that, in the W's, is also worship. Worship God. 
Are you worshipping God in this season? Are you aware that the God that we serve is the Alpha and the Omega? Are you aware that the God that we serve is the God that is able to change every single situation? I always say rather than worry, we must worship. Rather than be wayward, we must worship. Rather than be anxious, we must worship. Rather than be dismayed and be downhearted and even be depressed, we must worship. If there's one thing about the enemy, the enemy cannot comprehend when the saints worship God in truth and in spirit. And that's what we see here in John chapter 4 verse 24. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in truth and in spirit. Are you worshipping God? And when you understand that you can worship God, it takes us to another W. And that W being, are you walking with God? You see, when you worship God, it aligns your focus and it tells you the direction. It becomes the compass to your heart and the compass to your calling and the compass to your conviction. Are you walking with God? Because when you understand that you walk with God, believe me, when you walk with God, you can see things clearly even in the midst of the trials and the troubles, even in the midst of the pains and the problems. And that's what we even see in Genesis chapter 5 verse 22. We see here, after um, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. You see, one of the things that we understand here is that when you walk with God, God also adds a blessing. God also adds a legacy. God also adds fruit to your life because walking with God is so important because when you walk with God, it also lets you know that you need to do less worrying and more praying. You need to do less worrying and more praying. And one of the things about when you understand the importance of worshipping God and walking with God, we see that we worry less, we can pray more, as Philippians tells us here. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, make, let, in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Let your request be made known to God. And I believe that it is so important that if there's one thing as believers is that we need to learn to thank God in advance before we've even received the blessing. It is so important to thank God before we receive the blessing because the enemy doesn't understand it. Even people in the world don't understand it. And that's why it also leads me that when things are happening in the world, are we willing to watch and pray? Are we willing to watch and pray? You see, so many people are watching what they're seeing on their WhatsApps on some fake news, on some things that are there to make you more anxious and more fearful. But are you also able to watch the times and watch and pray? It's so important to watch and pray because when you don't watch and pray, those things can lead to temptations. We see here in also in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, it tells us, watch and pray lest you enter into temptations. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit indeed is willing, But the flesh is weak. We must be a people that we are able to watch and pray. Because if we're just watching and we're not praying, one of the things I've always said, if you only pray when you're in trouble, then you're in trouble. We must be a people when the church is in the world that the world is looking for not only hope, but they're also looking for help. And we can do that by watching and praying. And one of the things I want to share with you in the acronym WILD is that we must wake up. We must wake up. If there's one thing I've begun to see and if there's a quote I love is that, you know, sometimes I've come to understand that the enemy, sometimes our life is like an alarm. How many of you guys have an alarm when you need to wake up when you're going to work? Just show hands. How many of you guys? How many of you guys actually have an alarm when you need to wake up? But sometimes let me ask you guys a question. How many of you guys with your alarm, you press the snooze button? Yeah, you know, five more minutes, just hit snooze. Five more minutes, you hit snooze. Five more minutes, you hit snooze. How many of you guys are like that? 
And if there's one thing I've come to see and understand, and one thing that has really, really struck to my heart and mind, is that I believe the devil, God makes the alarm, but the devil makes the snooze button. God makes the alarm, but the devil makes the snooze button. And it is vital that we must always stay alert and we must learn to wake up. In these times and in these problems and in the things that we are seeing in this current pandemic, are we awake? Are we awake in our faith? Are we alive in Christ? Are we sharing the gospel? Are we living bold? Are we more praying rather than we are passive? Because if there's one thing I always say that if you're not praying, soon you'll find yourself passive. And that's why I've always said that these things can lead to what I call purpose paralysis. Do not allow yourself to be passive, but continue to persevere in prayer. Continue to persevere in good practices. Continue to persevere in your goals and in the things that you want to achieve. And these things are vital, vitally important. We see here in Luke chapter 50, Luke chapter 8 rather, verse 8, Luke chapter 8 verse 50, it says, But when Jesus heard it, he answered and said, saying, Do not be afraid, only believe, for she will be made well. You see, in this particular scripture here, this man has lost his daughter. This couple had lost their daughter. She was dead. They've come to Christ. People are like, nah, she's dead. What's Jesus doing? Jesus said, don't worry. She's only asleep. And they laughed. In a time in this pandemic, people would laugh at your God-given goals and visions. People would laugh, say, why are you believing in God? What's God doing now? But the question is, are you willing to believe? Are you willing to be steadfast? Are you willing to be strong? And are you willing to understand that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? We must wake up. We must wake up. And this takes me to another letter in being the church in the world. What are you in? What are you in? What are you in? We must be in Christ. We see here in John chapter 15, verse 4 to 5. It says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. You could do nothing. We could do nothing unless we abide in Christ. We can do nothing unless we abide in Christ. We see here in verse 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. For without me, he can do nothing. If we are to be active, if we are to be strong in this world, we must abide in Christ. And there's a quote that I love and a quote that I coined that says, where you abide becomes your abode. Where you abide becomes your abode. What do I mean by that? Wherever you abide becomes the house that you live in. Wherever you abide becomes your abode, becomes the lifestyle that you choose to adopt. And these lifestyles is what I also believe where your habits become your habitat. Your habits are what we see in our houses. Are you a people where you understand that if you're going to continue to procrastinate, if you're going to continue to be anxious, guess what? Your household that you live in, people that live in your house can also now become anxious. But if you're a person that is bold, that is courageous, that is strong, you would know that you can change the atmosphere of your homes. You could change the atmosphere of your location. You can change the atmosphere of the things that you're going through. We must remember where you abide becomes your abode and your habits become your habitat. And these are the things that I believe it takes us to the next letter in the acronym WILD. You must understand that love leaves a legacy. Love leaves a legacy. Many people say, I want to leave a legacy. It, you don't have to do great things to leave a legacy, but you do need to learn to love loudly in order to leave a legacy. We see here in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we see here it says, we love him because he first loved us. It is so vital to understand that the God that we serve loves us. God loves us. I believe it is important not to give 
out of reserve but to give out of overflow and that overflow is the overflowing love of Christ when we know that God loves us we can love loudly we can love boldly when was the last time you went to check up on a neighbor or uh, within your road or within the house or apartment that you live in to actually say listen I'm just checking up on you yes please stay six feet away but say you know I just came to check up on you to see how are you doing how's the family is everything okay When's the last time you went to check up on the elderly that live on your road just to see how they're doing? When's the last time you just went to smile with them? Because smiling is a universal language that also changes the countenance of one's heart in order to believe that there is still hope. As I said earlier, when we are a church in the wild, we are a people that the world are not only looking for help, they are also looking for hope. And that's what also reminds me of John chapter 13 verse 55. By this all will know that you are my disciples for the love you have for one another. In this current time and season, are you reaching out to people? Are you praying for people? Are you actually calling upon your fellow brothers and sisters in your church, your family members? When was the last time you went to call one of the people that you classify as maybe your enemy or your frenemy or someone that once upon a time hurt you? When was the last time you went to call them and say, you know what, I'm just checking up on you just to see how you're doing? Because I believe it is vital that we need to learn to give flowers when people are alive, when they're still able to smell them. It is vital that we are able to learn that Jesus said that we, they will know that we are his disciples for the love we have for one another. We must learn to love one another in truth and in spirit. And learning that we see that love leaves a legacy, we also see in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love and sound mind. And if there's one thing I began to see is that the enemy likes to do things backwards. You see, what happened when Adam and Eve were in the garden? When Adam and Eve were in the garden, we see that what happened, they were, they, they were naked. As soon as they ate the fruit of knowledge, they saw that they were naked. And then they decided to cover up. The enemy always does things backwards. Now we live in a world, God says, dress modestly. God says, don't dress naked. Don't dress in a crazy way. Don't dress in an inappropriate way. And God says, cover up. And what does the enemy say? Be naked. Show off. It's your life. Do it as you wish. But we know as believers, we must model Christ. We must practice and behave in ways that God wants us to honour him with. And the reason why I bring this up is because when we see in the scripture, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Notice it says a spirit of fear. But he's given us power, love and sound mind. But if the enemy does things backwards, what is the first thing the enemy does here? He disrupts our sound mind. He disrupts our our focus. Because when he disrupts our focus, then we can forget that we are loved. And when we forget we are loved, we also forget how to love others. And when we forget that we know how to love others, we also lose our power. It is important to understand that it says it is a spirit of fear. You can't see it, you can't touch it, but the enemy is always trying to put upon you a spirit of fear. But in this time and in this season, please make sure you have a sound mind. Make sure that you have a sound mind. Make sure that you know that you are loved by God and you also have the capacity to love others. And that is your greatest power. That is your greatest power. And one of the quotes I say here is that love is service and service is one of the truest forms of leadership. Because every single one of us can be leaders. Why? Because every single one of us can serve. You don't need to have all the money. You don't need to be Boris Johnson. You don't even need to be President Trump. But you can have the ability to serve and love others. Love your neighbour. And I think when you begin to understand that you can love your neighbour and you understand that there are various acronyms, we now understand that when we get to the letter D, we all need discernment. When we get to the letter D, we all need discernment. Discernment is a beautiful thing because it also reminded me of 
one of the things I see here that discernment from some of the people of old, they coined Oswald Chambers said, God never gave us, God never gives us discernment so that we may criticize, but that we may intercede. God doesn't give us discernment that we may criticize, but so that we may intercede. Are you, who are you interceding for? In a time and in a season where people don't understand the times, they're like, when are we going to be able to go back to work? When can we go out and just chill? When can we go out and celebrate our birthdays? But we see that it is so important to understand the time and the season that we live in. We must be able to intercede. We must be able to be able to discern the times. We see here in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. And of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their command. You see, as believers, I truly believe it is vital that we adopt the mindset and the focus as the sons of Issachar. Where they are able to discern the times, where they are able to understand that when they are focused on God, they can change the seasons, they can change the atmosphere, they can change the dynamics of this world, where even the parliament, the governments and our workplaces don't understand what's going to happen next. They understand that, you know what, I'm at peace because I know I serve a God that is the author of time. Time is all of one thing in the eyes of God. You see, one day is like a thousand years before God. I even love it the way Charles Spurgeon said, he said, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It is knowing the difference between right and almost right. It is so vital that we we need to know what is the right thing to do. What, what is not is almost right, but what is the right thing to do in this current time and this current season? Because I believe when we are people that are discerning, then we are also people that can direct our minds. Are you directing your mind in this current season? I'm a big believer that whatever your mind focuses on expands. Whatever your mind focuses on expands. If you're focused on fear and worry, guess what? All you're doing is expanding fear and worry into your life. But if you're focused on meditating on the things of God, guess what? Then the things of God that you're meditating on will bring you peace, will bring you a focus, will bring you a discerning heart, will bring you love and will bring you joy. We see here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 to 9. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, it tells us whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue in any of these things, what does it tell us? It says, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. You see, even if somebody else there are people that are cutting down two trees and someone starts ahead of you and he's cutting it down with a blunt axe. It is better to be wise to spend more time sharpening your axe because you will soon overtake the person that is cutting things down with a blunt axe. Use this time and this season to rest, repent, to pray, to restore and to seek God's face. Because when you seek God's face, it will also aid you in directing your mind in this current season. How are you directing your mind? How are you focusing on God? How are you able to understand the things that God has in store for you? And that's why I love the way Paul illustrated here in the latter part in Philippians chapter 4 in verse 9. It says, the things which you learned, received, heard and saw in me. I'll say it again. The things which you learned, received, heard and saw in me, these do. What are we seeing here? We're seeing that are you able to model Christ in your household? Are you able to model Christ when you're messaging people? Are you able to model Christ when you post online? Because it says the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. And I believe when you know the God of peace is with you, that's when you would also be determined. 
Be determined in this season. Be determined in this season. Be determined and know that you must trust God. Don't listen to the, the noise in the world because we also see here in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. For have I not commanded you? Question mark. Understand that when God asks you a question, it's a rhetorical question. He already knows the answer. But he's trying to get your attention through the question. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and be of good courage. Notice it doesn't say courage. Be of good courage. Do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. If you're going to the shopping mall and you're seeing someone cough, do not let that be. Do not let that make you anxious or panic. But use common good practices. But also remember, you're a child of the kingdom, and you must act in faith, act in boldness, and do not let allow those things to make you sway in your thoughts and in your thinking. And I'm a big believer that when you dream big, when you are determined, these things would also allow you to dream big. When you directed your mind, you can now dream big. Are you willing to dream in this current season? Or have you given up on all your dreams, goals and visions of 2020? I saw a quote online that people said, you know what? God, take me back to 2019. God forbid. It is not a time for us because we are going through current trials that God has taken us out of Egypt that we want to go back. But it's a time for us to press on, to be determined, to have a direction and a determined mind, to have a piercing focus that we are willing to dream. Because I believe when we are willing to dream, we are willing to see what was also written in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 17. It tells us here, and it shall come to pass in the last days. People are making noise that, oh my days, we're in the last days. This is the last days. We've only got a bit of time. I've always told people that even if we are in the last days, how do you know, are you not aware that these last days can last for 500 years? Are you not aware that last days maybe last for a thousand years? We don't know how the long these current last days will last. But I always say don't count the days, but we must learn to make the days count. We see here, it said, it shall come to pass in the last days that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. He will pour out his spirit on all flesh. That's you and I. He will pour out his spirit on all flesh. We are also all at home right now. And this is a time where God is getting our attention. It tells us in the book of Isaiah that the earth is his footstool. Yes, the earth is God's footstool. Trust me. And God is that you guys are worried. Nah, worship me in your worry. Because when you worship me in your worry, you will see that I'm able to pour out my spirit on all of you. And what does it tell us? It says your sons and daughters will prophesy. You see, some of us as parents are like, oh my days, what's going on? And our children are like, but it's going to it's gonna be better, mom. They are already prophesying into your life. And we must model that. We must model that as we speak to those that don't yet know who Jesus is. It says your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Old people continue to dream. Continue to dream. No matter what you believe that, I dreamt this part. It seems to go from bad to worse. Continue to dream and remind your young children of the things that you dreamed about. Because when you remind your young people of the things that you dreamed about, that will take you from the deserts to the destinations. It will take you from when we are a church in the wild, we are in the wild and it seems that we are in a desolate place. It seems like there is no water, there is no food, all we have is famine. But we serve a God that understands that he tells us in the book of Isaiah 43 verse 19. That behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Now it shall come. Sorry, it's now it shall spring forth. You know, the funny thing I love about the word spring. It doesn't only define our season. It defines as God does things in our lives. See, sometimes you're just walking and you see water. Just spring forth. Where did that come from? See, God is going to do something in a suddenly in your life. 
But are you able to understand and remain and remember that in this current season, when we are in the desert place, do not be a church that stays in a building, be a church that goes to the people, goes to the people in prayer, goes to the people in conviction, goes to the people in knocking on doors, goes to the people by sharing a smile, goes to the people when you're going online, you're not sharing negative things, you're sharing positive things. Do not be a WhatsApp warrior from Wakanda. Be somebody that is able to worship God in truth and in spirit and show people that, listen, I am going to get to the promised land. That the current pain is not showing me the denial of the promised land. The current pain is an opportunity for me to move that pain to one side so I can persevere to get to that promised land. Behold, I will do a new thing and it shall spring forth. And when that happens, it says, but you shall not know it? Question mark again. Shall you not know it? Question mark again. God is trying to get your attention. But you would, but sorry, it says, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Look at the God that we serve. When everybody has gone to money and science and news to be their form of worship, God says, seek me because I will make a road in the wilderness. God can make a road in the wilderness in a suddenly and he'll make a river in the desert. And I leave you with this as I close. If there's one thing that came to mind, as I said, the enemy does things backwards. And God says, I'm going to show you something backwards. Wild is W-I-L-D. And God showed me this. It says, if the enemy is going to do things backwards, I'm going to show you that don't let indecisions worry you. And yes, I added the word you at the end of it. Don't let indecisions worry you. Don't let indecisions in the government worry you. Don't let indecisions in your place of work worry you. Don't let indecisions in your household worry you. Don't let indecisions amongst your spouse, amongst your teachers, amongst amongst your children and the schools worry you. But worship God in truth and in spirit. Because I truly believe when we're willing to worship God in truth and in spirit, we can change the countenance of our environment. We can change the things that are going on in our households. We can also change the things that are happening in our heart. Because as I said again, people are not only looking for help, The world that don't know Jesus are not only looking for help, they are also looking for hope. And if there's one thing I believe the Holy Spirit was reminding me is that for years we've been praying for revival. For years we've been praying for change. For years we've been praying that God, let people know you once again. Let people get their attention. And God's like, I've now got their attention. I've got their attention. The question is that are we aware that the harvest is plentiful? The workers are few. And this is our opportunity in order that why God has got their attention are we willing to show love are we willing to worship him are we willing to not worry are we willing to be focused are we willing to walk with God are we willing to be in Christ are we willing to love others and knowing that love is what leaves a legacy even if we pass on into glory and are we willing to direct our minds remain discerning and understand that God will get us to the destination because when we do that We must remember that God is a God that we serve and worship in truth and in spirit. Let us pray. If you're with me, I just want you to bow your heads right now. And I just want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me. And I want you to pray that if you're a person that's been anxious, if you're a person that you don't even understand, like, God, how am I going to get through this current season? If you're a person that you're like, God, how am I re- how am I going to be able to navigate around this current season and climate? How am I going to be able to make ends meet? Lord, I've been furloughed. And even as I've been furloughed, they've reduced my income. And the 100% wasn't even enough for me to sustain my current season. But understand that God loves his children. 
If there's one thing I want you to understand why your eyes are closed is that God showed me something in this current season, in this current pandemic. We see in scripture, Jesus says, even the ravens, even the birds of the air, that I feed them. How much more would I feed my people? How much more would I feed my people? You know the funny thing about that? It showed me an analogy that in the current season and the current times that we live in, the birds don't even know that there is COVID-19. The birds don't know that there is a pandemic. The birds don't know that there is a problem. The only thing I believe the birds are aware of is that, why is there less people on the roads? Where's all the people gone? Let's take over. You see, we must have the same mindset because the birds are still being fed. The birds still have a nest. And God says, if I'm going to do that for the birds, how much more so my people? We must be a people that we don't allow the current pandemic and the current problems to pierce our hearts. But we allow it to remind ourselves that we are in Christ and this is our time to pray. So I want to pray with you. I want to pray with every single one of you. So bow your head with me as I pray with you. Whether you're in your house, if you're with your spouse, if you're with your children, hold their hand and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for today's word, that we are church in the wild. We are church in the wilderness, but Lord, we will use this wilderness to worship you. We'll use this wilderness to seek your face. We'll use this wilderness to continue to show people that when they worship God in truth and in spirit, then he'll heal their land. When we worship God in truth and in spirit, then people will come to a place of repentance and restoration, which also will give them rest. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord. I pray that you impart the vision and the dreams and your power amongst your saints for you told us you haven't given us a spirit of fear but power love and sound mind father for those that seek your face remind them that when they seek your face they will not give from a place of regret but he should give from a place of abundance for God, when you, God, pours out his spirit on them, they are able to know that you are always overflowing, that the more they pour out into the world, the more you're going to fill them up. The more that you pour out into the world, the more that you're going to fill them up. The more that you pour out into their spirits, the more that you're going to fill them up. Fill them up, O oh Lord. Fill up your saints, O oh Lord. Those that are anxious, your word tells us be anxious for nothing, but in everything, when praying supplication. Your word tells us we must be anxious for nothing. Your word tells us that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Lord, I pray that every burden that people are feeling, let the burdens not bruise them, but let the burdens remind them that there's a bridge that leads to fruit, that leads to favour, that leads to a faithful God that loves us. And when they cross over that river, we, your word tells us, oh Lord, that there is a river, that when we drink from that river and that well, we will always be made well. I pray that your saints will be made well. I pray that those on this call will be made well.